in this episode. You, you, you know, Cindy and Casey. Yeah, you don't sure. know Ryan and Rashane. You're lying, dude. There's no I'm Ryan not lying. There's I'm, no Ryan and Rashane, dude. I've known you for so long. There is no Ryan and there's no <laughs> Rashane. I would know Rashane. Welcome. You're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, Episode 29, Part 1. Force-feeding kids and Chad's mystery siblings. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Jeremiah Bannister. And I'm Chad Lutsky. And you are listening to another great edition of Paleo Cheese Podcast, part of the Project Entertainment Network. And Chad, we're going to watch an amazing show tonight, aren't we? We're going to watch a movie. Yeah. Well, technically, we already did. <laughs> <laughs> technically, nobody knows that, Chad. Nobody knows that. This is all tomfoolery, man. It's all tomfoolery. Yeah. We watched an amazing movie. Maybe one of the greatest movies we've ever seen in our entire lives. <laughs> I think you're being uh, facetious, but <laughs> oh. I'm not. <laughs> you're not. You loved it, dude. It's forever. Forever, dude. You're wearing it on your sleeve. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are going to get to that. Uh, and if, uh, if we might even get around to posting some highlights of us just making cracking, you know, <laughs> remarks, commentary, laughing through the uh, this stuff. We might. If, if yeah. not, we're going to do, we're not going to do a real deep dive, even though, you know, our heads are still. <laughs> Pounding from the uh, the deep message of this film. Um, we're not so going to go. It's not like the yeah. deep esoteric psychoanalytic analysis of this film, Chad. No, no symbolism, nothing like no, that. No, I, I I would just rather people just see it for themselves and then <laughs> grasp the you know read between the lines. You know when you're watching this. You you're actually encouraging people to watch this, <laughs> dude. Dude, fifty minutes into it, I sent Jason Brandt a message. What? Because he does he does. I said, dude, you have to. I said, whatever movie you've got next for your uh, so bad it's good uh, YouTube channel, he does. Yeah. I said, whatever movie you got lined up, cancel it. You have to put this at the top. He says he's seen the trailer, but he has not seen the movie. And I said, this is pure gold you have to watch it for your for your show so that being said we do not have a guest tonight right. yeah. our last guest we had was mr john bowden wonderful author wonderful friend and um you can go check that out uh i think that was episode what was it 28 this will be 29 but i do have a question that i thought would make for a good conversation starter my sister gave me this box as a gift a while ago it's just oh. this wooden box with decorative thing and it's got these uh plastic bag of of uh conversation starters in here my wife and i get into them sometimes and they start conversations so yeah that's that's what we're gonna do right now and i've got a um i've got one here that i picked out just just minutes ago i got three here but I, I, we'll, we'll do one and then we'll get to talking about the movie so i know you're hungry you're gonna have your wife bring you down some, some food, some so soup, dude. Yeah, we might soup. we might be blessed with some mukbanging by you. <laughs> and uh, but yeah. in the meantime, 
here's a question for you. And I've mm-hmm. got I've got some my own answer, obviously, and uh, some thoughts on this. But should kids be forced to try new foods? Should kids be forced to try new foods? Yeah. Well, you know, I've never thought of it as a should, like as a normative thing that everybody kind of does. But in our home, I we have a basic idea that if if mama makes it, that it's it's an intentional thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not some random thing. It's not like she's getting sea urchin and saying, put it in your throat, you know, or the the fish, the, what, what is it, from Norway or some crap that smells like poop? You know, like puffer fish. No, I don't think it's puffer fish, dude. No, this is some kind. I don't know what this is, dude. This is another level. Like the people were doing videos of this a couple years ago where they would open it up and it fills up the whole house. People were like puking for real. I mean, it was so the smell was so raunchy. We don't have any of that. Right. So, I mean, she's making foods that are pretty much within the wheelhouse of typical American diet, which extends to things like Asian food, for example. Mexican food, for example, Italian food, for example, um, Greek food, sometimes rare, but sometimes. Um, and so we expand on that, but we also don't sit there. We're not like super hardcore about the idea that if one of the kids tries it and says, I really don't like it, we're not going to sit there and be like, shove it down your throat right now. <laughs> You're not going to be able to do anything. unless yeah. you. <laughs> we're not doing that thing. Right. Right. And so, but we do strongly encourage the diversifying of the palate Mm -hmm. to try different foods and also um to to say that if mama does make it at least show the respect of trying it if you don't like it it's actually okay right if you say well this food is crap like that's one thing like that's rude but if you say i don't personally like this kind of food i don't i'm not a fan of this flavor then we're okay with it you know Okay, but this this has more to do with the forcing of just getting there, of trying it, not liking it or not being, you know. Or, or oh yeah, not, they gotta try it. If Mama makes it, you try it. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, I make them. Yeah, if they say, "Well, I don't want that," and they have never tried it, and they're just saying, "Well, that just looks gross." It's kind of like it's kind of you know, that's even more fundamental than movies. Like mm-hmm. I, Athanasius, he's the main one that complains like, well, I don't want that. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And he's done that his whole life. But the thing is, um, you know, take movies as an example. He'll say the same thing. Well, that looks stupid. I don't want to watch that movie. And then he watches it. And I bet you 95% of the time he's like, just like, I'd give it like an eight or a nine. <laughs> like, yeah. so at the end, and it's kind of like that with food for the most part. But sometimes, sometimes he's not that way. And if it's overly dramatic and everything, but we will, yes, he, if, if, if it's made in the house and if we took time or money and or money to put Mm -hmm. it together and we put it on the table, the kid is going to eat some of it. If they don't like it, that's okay. Um, You know, as long as they're not rude about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I I agree. I don't, it it is kind of a silly question um, because I mean, let's face it, if we didn't, and, and again, here, we're talking about forcing to try new foods, not forcing yeah. to make them eat a food that they don't like, okay, mm-hmm. that they know they already don't like. Um, but let's face it, if, if, if we didn't, our kids would want to live off Happy Meals <laughs> yeah. and, and Doritos. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, and that's as far as their palate would go. Frosties. <laughs> my, yeah. My, my own personal experience, you know, I grew up in a uh, house that, you know, we would, if, if all of us were going to eat at the table, then we'd eat at the dinner table. If only a couple of us were, then we'd eat at the counter, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. rather than, rather than the, the, uh, it was, it was a more casual setting, I guess. You sit on a stool, you're at the counter. But my mom cooked often and she would make things sometimes that I didn't like. And so I had, you know, my mom, God bless her, love her, great parent. But this is an area and I think that she probably looks, I think any parent looks back on some decisions that they have made as parenting uh, because our our kids are guinea pigs, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're not born knowing how to parent, even if you feel like your parents are the best parents. Each child is their in, own individual person, and so are you. And so, some parenting things might not work. So it is a it's an experiment, and especially with that first child. Mm-hmm. And I was a first child, and so there were some things that <clears throat> that I. Um, had to do or, or whatever that I was raised that, that my parents didn't carry on to my, you know, the second, third child, my, my sister and then brother. Um, but one of the things that, that I did have to do when I was a kid, not only was I forced to try something, but if it was made, I was forced to eat it. And this included stuff that everyone knew. Sea urchin. I, I repulsed. No, worse than no. that. Worse than sea urchin. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Summer squash. I like summer squash. Summer. What are you talking? What are you talking and, about? And, summer squash being worse than sea urchin. Butternut squash. <laughs> That's better than sea urchin. But let me tell you, man. I don't know if it was the texture, like the summer squash. Correct me if I'm wrong. One of them is orange and looked like mashed potatoes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The other one looked like yellow discs of boiled cucumber okay yeah um i guess that was the the uh butternut and the other one was the summer i'm not really sure but these were things that i had zero interest in eating and it wasn't until i got much older that my dad my biological father i remember he bought a pizza once we we ordered a pizza and when when he got the pizza he put stuff on it and i'd never heard of that before like he put pepper on it like shook pepper on it. I'd never heard of anyone like sprucing up something that's already done. <laughs> just sprucing it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're that sprucing up. <laughs> yes. We make we make uh yeah. We'd make frozen burritos and you put like green sauce and other ingredients on it. Totally spruce it up and make it his own. And I until he was doing that, I was like, I realized it's not against the law to do that with yeah. prepare, already prepared meals. So if mm. I'd have thought about it when I was younger and been more, um, you know, experimental with some of my mom's cooking that I didn't care for, I would have done things like, uh, um, you know, there, there are a lot of things around here that I, that if my kids don't like something, I'll try to spruce it up with, yeah. with cheese or bacon bits or sriracha you know, sauce. Yeah. Brown stuff like sugar. That. Yeah. But yeah. So I've got this blob of, you know, summer squash, Nothing is on it but salt. And looking back, I, you know, I could have sprinkled some cheese and some bacon bits on there. Or, you know, who, who knows what? I don't know. Put some chives yeah. in it, something to, you know, but 
Does any of that go good with summer squash? I don't know. I've always just had regular summer squash. With salt, maybe. Probably not. With Probably salt. Not. I mean, you're like, you're talking about bacon. I mean, does anything necessarily go bad with bacon? I mean, I think even even sea urchin would probably go good with bacon. Sure. I don't know. I'm not willing to try sea urchin a second time. Bacon is just salt with a different texture. Bacon is just yeah. it's seasoned salt with a different it's, texture. It, yeah, just a different texture. It's just a, it's like, a blob it's like of eating, salt. It's like eating yeah. strips of of lorries, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. um, my mom would would they would make my mom and dad would make me eat uh, everything on my plate. And so sometimes, there, and I was not a fan of vegetables. There was no vegetables I can think of that I enjoyed growing up with the exception of corn and the cob. I did like, I was kind of a stingy eater. I did not like, uh, yeah, vegetables at all. So like green beans and um, plus my mom would, you know, my, we had a garden. And so a lot of our vegetables were fresh. I preferred canned because they had all that sodium in there. And yeah. so if you got a plate, a portion of your plate is filled with these green beans that taste very bland. And then you you versus a can and they got a different texture. They're softer. They're filled with sodium, a lot more flavor. And I probably didn't mind those, but because we had a garden, we always had fresh vegetables, which is probably where the, the, the squash came from. Anyway, it was a big ordeal and I would be made to sit at the table until I ate them. And sometimes this would be for a long time. Everyone would be gone yeah. from the table. I'd still yeah. be sitting there. I'd yeah. even have to move to the counter sometimes. My mom would clear the clear the thing. Yeah. And I'd sit there and once in a while I would try to hide it with you know under mashed potatoes or something. Or even really? in my dude, you went that far. You went that it, far, dude. Dump it in my glass of milk. What? Yeah. And it was torture, dude. And I, I freaking hated it. Torture. And, yeah, it was. It was first world torture. torture. Dude. Oh, come on, man. Come it was on. first world torture, man. And <laughs> so when I remember whenever I would have to eat this stuff, I would I would put it in my mouth real fast, plug my nose, and just um down my, like all my milk so I wouldn't have to taste it. And I'd be going and I'd be gagging and stuff. Really, dude? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was real dramatic about it, and I'd be crying, tears would be rolling oh. on my face, and I'd be eating this uh, torturous food. And um, I don't agree with that, and I don't think my mom does anymore either. Making you eat the food? Yeah. Well, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm no. down. Yep. Now, yeah, if she no. was like, "Hey, I made this summer squash. Why don't you try it? You might like it." Mm -hmm. No, I don't want to. Well, you're going to, because you might like it, and you might be missing out. Yeah. Try it. Don't like it. Okay. Thanks for trying it. That's legit. In Instead my opinion. Of, yeah. Yeah. An yeah. hour later, I told you, you're not going to get up until you, you know, you drink well, that okay squash that, and try though. hiding in your milk. I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with the idea that just because you're done and you don't like the food, that that doesn't mean you can get up and leave. The dinner to our family is a family affair. In fact, the normative rule in our home is that if, if mama has not sat down to eat and if she has not eaten yet then you don't and i know that's old-fashioned man i know it's old-fashioned for the boys to technically be encouraged to stand up until she sits down but that is the normative expectation in our home it might be strange to some people but you know what i don't think it's one of those things that you're you're particularly your boys are going to grow up and going 
yeah, that was BS. Yeah, you know, I wish any, I could have sat down first in front of mama. Yeah, if anything, I need to get back to video games. <laughs> like, you know, if anything, it can, it can teach them some respect, which is something yeah. that a lot of children, uh, particularly men or you know, young men, uh, really lack uh, yeah. respect toward women. You know, and so like, like I mean, if, so that's a rule, right? And mm-hmm. they're not allowed to leave early, in part because to us, it's not just about eating. Yeah. So like we we talk, right? We pray. We've even started doing prayers after food because everybody, most, a lot of people, not not anymore. I, I was gonna say everybody, no, not anymore. But a lot of people pray before mm-hmm. their meals, but very few will pray their before the meal and after the meal. And we've started to do that, right? And then after that's done, then we have an expectation for the kids to take care of the plates. Mm-hmm. So they learn to put the plates down. They learn to take care of the plates and put them away. And then once everything's done, at least we have a dishwasher. So it's not like I'm, you know, when I was young, I had to sit there and, you know, get my hands yeah. in the grossness. Mm-hmm. With them, you know, I put the dishes in and it's over. And yeah. so, and then when it's, when it's done, when it beeps at you, then you get to take them out and you get to stack them up and put them away. Mm-hmm. And so that's the idea. But it's, it's that dinner is a family affair. Right. And so there's no there's no leaving to go do what you want to do. And you're a separate thing. Like it's just to energize you as an individual and then go about your business. Like it's like, no, no, no. It is to energize you, to re-energize you, to nourish you, but it's also to nourish you in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so and also to to help create good habits, um, discipline, in fact, you know, even even adventure, like the expectation to expand your boundaries. Um, because you know, especially it's funny, like my son, one of my sons will talk about, you know, I, I hope I one day I've got a fancy house and a jet. Wouldn't that be awesome? I'd love to make gobs of money. And I'm like, wouldn't it be great? He's like, I could travel all over the world. And I'm like, and you're going to be eating food that you, they're not going to be selling your macaroni and cheese home slice. Like you got to get used to the idea at least of trying something that you don't expect. And now he's reached that age because he's 14 now. So now he's reached that age where his palate is beginning to develop and he's beginning to be more adventurous on his own. So now it's not like, oh, well, you should try this. Like he'll want to try different things now. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of cool in that way too, you know, that we've at least made him, because I do I know, I know families. I'm not even kidding. I know families where the kid, they're like, yeah, my, my, my kid wants to eat every single day uh, chips and um macaroni and cheese or chicken mm-hmm. nuggets chicken yeah. nuggets and they get mad dude if they don't get their chicken nuggies they get mm-hmm. super mad and i'm like oh no no i'd be putting the old kibosh <laughs> like blam like it'd be over there's none of that you don't play that game in our home and so that's but that but again not everybody has the same style we do some people are more into the you know learning their parenting skills from movies like big daddy with adam sandler and so that's like the way they go. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's what I want to do. Whatever you want, son, whatever you want. But that's my answer. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's, uh, like I said, yeah. Um, it's kind of a silly question. Just forced to try new foods. Um, big difference between uh, forced to eat something that you tried and you think it's the devil. Yeah. So. You know, what's weird, dude. Hmm. Is that in your answer, you brought up something that I've known because I know your sister, I know your mm-hmm. brother, yeah. right? I've met both of them, I've spoken to both of them. I've seen one of the, I've, in fact, I've seen both of them what play instruments. 
So like, yeah, my brother and I were in a band a couple of yeah. bands together. So yeah. yeah you... And so, and doesn't your sister play guitar? Yeah. And piano. And, and sing. Yeah, She's and a great sing. musician. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so like, I have seen this and I've always known that you are the first, but when you said it, it's kind of mm-hmm. like when you know something and, and yet it doesn't fully click. Cause I I'm a firstborn mm-hmm. in my home and I know my experience is different from my sister and my brother and you, and dude, it's the same order too. My yeah. sister is the middle child, right? And so your your sister is the middle one. Mm-hmm. And so like I kind of sit there and I'm like, when you said it and you're like, well, I'm a first child, I'm a firstborn. I kind of sat there and thought, I said, I maybe have I've thought about it before, mm-hmm. but it's been so long, it felt brand new. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's, hey, man. Yeah, okay. Like, and it, it just, it was one of those weird things where it clicked for me. Here's and another like, weird thing. I'll, yeah. I'll get, I'll make it even weirder. Yeah. I have two sisters and two brothers. Now you're lying to me. No, I, I'm not lying to you. Are, are any of them stepbrothers? Uh, no, no. They're all no, dude. Now, yeah. okay. Now I know you're lying, dude. There's no <laughs> I'm not lying. There's no, no way, dude. So none of them are your step. None of my, them are your my, stepbrothers. My sister Cindy. Okay. Okay. She was. I was nine when she was born, and then my okay. brother Casey. Oh, wow. I was ten. So yeah. he, yeah, you, you, you know, Cindy and Casey. Yeah. You course. don't know Ryan and Rashane. You're lying, dude. There's no I'm Ryan not lying. There's I'm no lying. Ryan and Rashane, dude. I've known you for so long. There is no Ryan and there's no <laughs> Rashane. I would know Rashane. <laughs> no, dude, I'm not joking. What? I'm serious. And this makes me sad because if they hear it, and I'm sure they won't. We're not, very, we're not very close. If they hear this, then then what's like? Well, does he not talk about me? But it, it, we're just not close. Rashane. Yeah. Here, here's how, here's how it went. Dude, down. you're lying. There's no, 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 no. Rashane. No. There's no Rashane. <laughs> Ryan, I can believe. I can almost believe there's a Ryan. Like, that's kind of, but you, you throw in Rashane, and I'm like, I don't think so. You're lying, Jack. Ryan spelt with an I R I A N. What? Yeah. Yeah. And um, the girl? No, no, it's a, it's a, a it's guy a guy with the R I A N. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, I think you're making these people up. These are comic book characters. Everybody, yeah. don't believe Chad. These are fake people. <laughs> <laughs> My brother Casey and I used yeah. to be uh, like best friends. You know, yeah. Yeah. we spent a lot of time together. I taught him how to skateboard. I taught him how to play guitar. I taught him how to play Dungeons and Dragons, and. Uh, uh, all kinds, you know, just stuff. You know, yeah. we, we were like best friends. Uh, we were in a couple bands together, recorded music, played shows. Um, and then he grew up, you know, got into some trouble and started. By that time, I was done getting in all my trouble. But uh, we, we uh, he kind of grew out of me. You know, when you've got your sober older brother, he's no fun. Yeah. When uh, you got your new drug buddies to hang out with, so <laughs> you're throwing him on the <laughs> drug bus, dude. Well, <laughs> you're I, like, you're like, he's just so stoned, he doesn't want to be friends. No, anymore. Casey is 40 now, and he yeah. doesn't do that anymore. He, yeah. he he did for a long time. No, he's a very he's one of the hardest working people that I know. He's got maybe the other than my dad, uh, he's got the best ethic work ethic of someone that I know in real life. Doesn't this prove that theory that I've had for a long time that hardcore drug use on a consistent basis is 
a oh gateway drug, in fact, to a very powerful work ethic. Oh, yes. I, I see all the time. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that true, Chad? Especially yeah. if they want to be couch salesmen. Yo, yeah. Know? Hey, you know. Yeah, they know a lot about that thing. So, yeah, but hey, no. well, okay. So, so your, your, your family. Yeah. Right. Ryan. Ryan. Spelled very wrongly. <laughs> okay. I, okay. Bad. And then you've got what? Rashawn. What'd you call him? Rashane. Rashane. She's my sister. She's a school it's teacher. A girl. Rashane. Okay. Okay. She's I'm a school, yeah. She's a school teacher. Yeah. She's a school teacher. Mm -hmm. And Ryan is a, a, a roofer. I think he's still doing that. It's weird because, okay, here's here here's why you don't here's why you and I have known each other for more than two and a half decades. Yeah, people don't. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say people don't even get this. Like we've known each other for a long time, yeah. and I I don't I maybe you have right. Yeah. I'm I'm one of those guys like your brother, a very hard worker who walked through the gateway of drugs to get where I am now. And so <laughs> like like I may I don't know, Chad. Maybe I heard it and you know process it but it, this is new to me i didn't i actually didn't know this and and just to clarify my brother and i talk we're just yeah. not best friends and we yeah, don't yeah, see yeah. each other very much he's got two beautiful kids and a wife a house you know all that which brother so. are you talking about now i'm talking about casey of course casey and by yeah, the way yeah. i i've met casey too casey's a cool dude yeah i and yeah yeah no yeah he's he's he is cool but he um Anyway, I'm very close to my sister Cindy, though. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, Ryan and Shane, my, you know, my my uh, parents got divorced when I was like one, mm -hmm. my biological father, and um, he remarried, and then he remarried again, and he had two kids, and that's my sister and brother. But that's your step. That's your step. That's right. We're not step. If it, yes, if no, your mom and dad, yeah. if you did not have the, the same mom and dad. No, that's half. Oh, oh. that's that. All right. I got you. I got you. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Step would be yeah. if he married into yeah. that. If he married. Okay. So it's your half brother. Yeah. Okay. But, but, okay. But, but the thing is my sister and my sister, Cindy, and my brother, Casey, um, who I, you know, grew up with, I mean, I was nine. So by the time I moved out when I was 16, Cindy was, you know, very young still. Yeah. Like seven years old. And Casey was like six. So it's not like we grew up together really. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, we're, we're anyway, we're close and, but we, we did grow up in the same home and had the same mom, but we had different dads. So we are we are half brother and sister, just like I am with Ryan and Rashane, except for me and Casey and Cindy. We don't feel like half siblings because we're so close and because we, you know, grew up in the same household with the same parents. Yeah. So it doesn't it's never felt like like if you talk to my sister, she doesn't even like using that word like half brother or whatever she's just, never considered me a half brother i've never considered his brother yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 whereas ryan or shane um it is like that and that's only because um you know i didn't grow up with you know when i moved to colorado to live with my dad for a, a while uh gosh brian wasn't even born 
Wow. So I'm much older than Ryan. I think Ryan is like 30 something now. So, but I'm, so I'm like, I got like, I don't know, at least 15 years on him. Six miles. That's still like weird, dude. 17, 18. It's still weird, man. It is. And, and I yeah. wish that I was closer to them. Um, it, it is just weird how, how you, you become who you are based on how you live. Like my, my biological father was very cultured in music and art and, you know, um, film, very cultured. He was a hippie, but when him and his wife got divorced, Ryan Orstein's mother, she went and married a guy who, uh, for lack of a better term, I don't know the guy. I know that I'm sure he's awesome. Uh, a redneck. So they grew up. So Ryan Orstein grew up like hunting and building things and stuff like that. So Ryan is very much from, you know, he's all about hunting and fishing. Never read a book in his life. You know, what? Uh, yeah, I just never talked to him the other one, day. Never read one book. Yeah. I, I just ta- I just talked to hey dude, I didn't read a book until I was like 24. What? I hated reading. Not even yeah. one? No. Not even Island of the Blue no. Dolphin or Isle no. of the Blue Dolphin. I mean, if we're talking like where the wild things are, yes. Okay. okay. But I'm talking about like uh, okay, like yeah. books, you know. I think I I, I actually Not a when 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 I was in elementary school, I did read what's his name, John Bella airs uh, the House with the Clock on Its Walls. That's yeah. the only book I ever read. Um, no Edgar Allan Poe. Oh heck no! Really? Not when I was a kid. No, I couldn't have comprehended that or retained that. Dude, I was reading like This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness as a kid. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really read a, like my Weird first all. novel until I was. Like, yeah, I was a nerd, dude. I was a real geek, which is ironic. Yeah. because I'm, I'm a writer so you're a writer yeah i mean isn't that yeah weird. exactly but um ryan just tagged me recently uh, we barely talk and it's only just because that's just the way it is it's not like we hate each other or anything we just we grew up in two different worlds where we've never been close you know i mean uh he reaches out sometimes says hi and stuff like that but he just bought three of my books Really? Which I thought was weird. Yeah, he, he bought one for, uh, they for mainly for his because his wife in um and his stepdaughter um uh, read so they bought them for for them and they I think I know which ones they bought. <laughs> they did not buy the ones I was hoping. <laughs> oh, okay, so they didn't. Which one did you hope? Um, I, I was hoping that, well, because this girl is like thirteen or fourteen, mm-hmm. and my books are not. Um, they're not hardcore. Some of my short stories are, but my yeah, books really pretty, aren't. Pretty but some messed of, up junk, dude. Some of the topics are, are a little bit a little heavy. Little heavy side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the same deep water as you is one of the ones that the little girl got. And that is a beer drinking, drug addled, skateboard <laughs> punk rock fest yeah, that I mean. she's never going to be able to relate to. Coming of age about falling in, in and out of love and uh, drinking with friends and stuff like that. It's not a kid's book, but she did read a foster homes and flies. And, and apparently uh, his Ryan's wife and daughter really like that as well as out behind the barn. So dude, I yeah. haven't seen out behind the barn and I haven't, I, 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 haven't, I haven't read out behind the barn and I haven't yeah. read uh, same, uh, same deep water. Yeah. yeah. And that is one of my favorites. Same deep water. Yep. One of my favorites. I got to do it. man. I got to do I love, I love your work, man. Obviously. Thank you. Yeah, obviously I'm a huge fan of yours. But if if by chance 
Ryan and Rasheen do listen. Uh, I hope I didn't say anything. But if they're like super devout fans and they've like loved us for a long time, but just never really shared their their feelings, but like they really that would be awesome. And all but then they hear this and they're like, "Screw Chad, we're done. We're done forever with Chad." I will say this: I've always wanted to be close uh, with them, Mm -hmm. and I'm probably closer to Rasheen than I am Ryan. But I think it's unfortunate that we're not because they are blood relatives. And I was hoping that, you know, when my dad, my biological dad uh, passed away, I was hoping that that would happen, that that we would um, get closer, but we're just not. And, but my sister, yeah, she's a school teacher. She won like teacher of the award, a teacher of the year award a couple of years ago. I think she teaches in, oh man, Tennessee or North North Carolina. I feel bad that I can't even remember now because I, but uh, yeah, Ryan lives here in Michigan. This so, but so I don't weird. get to see him. This whole conversation is weird. This whole conversation is weird. And every time I think of Rashane, dude, I'm thinking you got like a half black brother. Or half, <laughs> I'm sorry, sister. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, I, like when you said Rashane, I'm like, dude, was he, was he serious? You know, like I, I didn't know. <laughs> no. I'm just, I'm, I don't, I've never met anybody named Rashane. And so, mm-hmm. and that's just, it's interesting. And dude, that's fascinating. I didn't know any of this about you. So you not only, you not only spun me like a top, with the whole thing, like the realization that, oh my gosh, all these years I've known this, but it's never like hit me mm-hmm. that you're a firstborn. And then on top of it, you drop this whole thing on me <laughs> that you've got two other siblings. Yeah. And then you drop this other thing on me where I'm sitting there thinking like, well, but dude, you got a step family. And you're like, no, it's half. And I'm like, dude, the difference. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, my whole world is opened up, Chad. I it's I major expansive. The food conversation, the family conversation, everything. And this uh, movie that we're gonna talk about is super yes. expansive, mind-blowing. Hold, hold the segue one second. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh. I, I just want to say one more thing. Yeah, yeah. I blew my mind that Ryan actually acknowledged um and I think a lot of writers can can uh, uh relate to this. Sometimes doesn't matter what you do. You will have family members that do not acknowledge the fact that you have published anything, you know, I, I, for whatever reason, maybe they're not readers. Maybe they aren't taking you. They can't take you seriously because you're my, you know, you're my relative. How can this really be happening? How could it be any good? You know, that kind of like hometown profits, dude. Yeah, like that's what comes to mind. Like, oh, we know this guy, kind of. Right, thing. exactly. Yeah. And I think, and, and so I, I get that. I get that. Um, but I will say this. So it blew my mind when uh, Ryan had um, ordered those books and apparently more after they read them. And so I got to call up my brother, Casey, man. He's got to step up and uh, acknowledge something and He's maybe read to. a book. He's got maybe. to. And it's worth it, dude. I'm telling you, it's it's. Yeah, I, I've, I've said a lot about what I feel about your books. You're a great writer. You're an amazing writer. It's not even a coincidence, man. It's not like, wow, what are the odds of this? That you found yourself in, in anthologies, right? Mm-hmm. That include people like, for example, Stephen King, mm-hmm. for example, or Josh Mallerman, yeah. for example. And so, and, and many, many, many others. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's not a surprise and uh, dude, you're, and Casey's got Casey's got to do it, man. He's got to take the dive. Yeah. Which book, by the way, if if you had, if you let's just, let's suppose that he's listening. Let's just suppose that it's like a secret thing of his. He's like, I listen to my brother. So so 
if he is, and there's one book that you would tell him you think he should read, which one? Oh, probably one of the ones I gave him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> start there. I mean, that's a move. Yeah. Start right, Jen. Yeah. yeah. Or the audiobook code that I gave him uh, years ago. Maybe he could uh, listen to the audiobook. Or maybe he has. Maybe he just hasn't got around to uh, telling me. No, I, I gave his, his daughter a hardcover of uh, Foster and Supplies, and then I gave Casey a copy of Skullface Boy. I, if he has more than that, I, I'd have no idea. But, I don't know how he couldn't like Skullface Boy. It's still my favorite to this day. I mean, and they're and they're all good, they're all good, mm-hmm. right? But it's just to me. But it, yeah. it's also I'm also the weird. I'm the, I'm the oddball out man. I'm the guy that's like everybody around the world, and I I mean it. Like more and more countries are buying and gobbling up and translating Foster Home and Flies. Mm-hmm. Right, of all the books I've read of yours so far, thus far, that's the my least favorite of them all. But the world, wow. to but to me, I'm not even kidding, dude. To me, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was when I read it, you know, yeah. because it, it, it was it was right after I finished Skullface. It's strange that you would like. I don't hate Wallflower, but it's my least favorite, probably because it's so dark and there is no hope like the other books there is. So I'm surprised that you would like Wallflower I, more than you like. but but you got to remember i read skullface boy right before it and they both end with the optimism so the bar was california oh okay california is kind of like the the end where it's like that's the hope and i was it was it was one after the other the promised land yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. and so to me and plus man i've I've been in the i've been in the trenches so have you right we've both been in some trenches man we've been we've been in some dark places but i but i i I can, I, I like, I like things that are just pure tragedy. Just there's that there's no pastoral hope at the end. It's like, you know, yes, it's very bad, but here's the glimmer. Here's the silver lining. I'm okay with movies and with, with like Greek tragedy and stuff like that, where it just ends and it's just brutal. Like there's no like, well, here's the redemptive quality. No, it's just a terrible situation. <laughs> it's just yeah. absolutely terrible. But, it, but the way you wrote it, that was actually beautiful. And in fact, that was the only, I think that was the only one I cried was that one. And and I, it was weird, man, that, that and I won't even give it away. I'm not going to give away a single thing. Cause I think people got to read it, but it's one of those things, man, you know, cause there's people, that's one of the things about your book, dude, you've been accused. <laughs> people are like, he's, he's playing with emotions. He's turning the, yeah. the dials, man, getting people worked up. And I'm like, he's a great writer. But in that, in that, in Wallflower, Dude, that, that shook me deep right at the end. And the 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 despair in it and mm-hmm. the realism. And so, you know, but but okay, so but that's what you would say. You'd say you you think that that's uh you think that that's one that he uh people should read or he should read if he's you know I I to be honest with you, I don't know because I don't know what he would enjoy. You know, he's not yeah, that kid. Yeah in my punk rock band anymore, right, you know, right. skateboarding next to me. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I don't even know if he's really read a book either before. I, I don't know. He's not an idiot. I know that. Right. Right. But some people just don't like to read, but uh, I love you, Casey. And uh, I'm just messing with you, but hopefully he could know. read wrinkling the blankets. <laughs> 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 the people, people yeah. who are just shooting it are like i don't know why that's funny at all and it's like how long did i go dude where i was like i had how many different names for this book i mean you know 
I, it, I don't know. I don't know. If it like, yeah. I don't uh, like it. It felt like the more heartfelt stuff or yep. the, shall we say, uh, shock and terror. Oh. <laughs> oh. So there's our segue. I there's guess. the segue, dude. We are going right into it, man. Because this, this right we, here, this is a doozy, bro. What evil lurks in the heart of Don Mondo? Only Chucky the Buddha, the enforcer of the Mondo Mafia, knows. Join them each week on the Mondo Method podcast as Chuck tries to get Don Mondo to reveal what is best in life and where he hid the bodies. Oh, they also talk about writing and being professional authors. The Mondo Method podcast with Armand Rosamilia and Chuck Buddha. Weekly, wherever you find your podcasts.